Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To Seattle's sports leader. This hour is brought to you by Pendergast Law. Personal injury lawyers. Sports Radio 93.3. KJRFM Seattle. And iHeartRadio Station. It's the $1,000 Power Play, presented by the Muckleshoot Casino. Sports Radio KJRFM has your chance to win $1,000. Just enter the nationwide keyword on our website. Credit. Enter it now at 933KJR.com. Now, from the Star Rental Sports Desk, your 93.3 KJRFM Sports Headlines. All righty, boys and girls, here we go. Happy Tuesday. Headlines on Softy and Dick are brought to you by our friends at VenueKings.com. Do you have $6? Do you have taste buds that enjoy crispy, delicious Kentucky Fried Chicken? Are you looking for tickets for the next Seahawks home game against the Raiders, the next Kraken game against the Rangers, Dogs in Colorado on Saturday from Husky Stadium? VenueKings.com has you covered. Be sure and use code SOFTY at checkout for a discount. How about this news in the NFL? Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. Ankle surgery. He's going on the IR. Will miss at least the next four games, including the Seahawks game, by the way. That means in the next three games, the Seahawks will miss Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Cooper Cup. That, to me, is good. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, <laughs> viewership for the Hawks-Bucks game, $5.8 million, making it the NFL's network, NFL Network's most watched international game. They've been airing them since 2016. And the Dogs-Ducks game, viewed by $3.6 million, the most watched Pac-12 game of the season. All right, let me ask you this. Do you think Scott Service is the manager of the year in the American League? Uh, are you serious with that question? Well, we're going to find out tonight. Uh, Terry Francona of the Guardians, Brandon Hyde of Baltimore, Scott Service of the M's, your finalist for the American League manager of the year. Winners should be announced within the next hour or so. Commanders forced four turnovers, controlled the clock for over 40 minutes last night, and just like Softy said in Fact or Fiction, not only covered, but won. That's right. 32-21 over the Eagles. Wrong team favored. Uh, Husky basketball, they were down at the half to Utah Tech and came back and won 78-67. True freshman Keon Minifield at 26. Cole Badjima added 16. The Huskies are now 3-0 before the matchup everybody has been waiting for on Thursday night at Heckhead. UW against Cal Baptist. Get your tickets at the door. <laughs> Here we go. And now, two goofy, wacko, out-of-touch homers. Just brutal radio. Just horrible. Live. 41 yards. From Elliott Bay. Can you feel it now? This is Softy and Dick. All right, here we go on a busy, busy Tuesday afternoon right here on Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. We got a lot to get to. The Husky Honks at 4 o'clock today. Mario Bailey is still in Germany, by the way. Are you aware of that? He's well, not you even mentioned back. that he might be, yeah, so he's yeah. uh, you know procrastinating a little bit coming back uh, this side, right? Yeah. Well, he's got he's got a, a family member out there in Germany. Oh, really? Uh, he played there uh, a long, he did long, Frankfurt, long didn't he? Time ago. Yes. Yeah. He uh, he planted a flag, if you will, in Germany when he was there twenty years ago. So he's out there well, hanging out with his son, which is awesome. That Mario had a chance to see his kid. 
out in Germany. So we'll have him on the horn from Germany at 4 o'clock this afternoon. John Wilner, uh, the Pope of the Pac-12, one half of the uh, legendary Wilner and Canzano podcast. But don't tell the guys at the San Jose Mercury News that. He will join us at 5 o'clock. I want to ask him flat out if the year ended today. Is Kalen DeBoer the coach of the year in the Pac-12? Is Michael Penix the player of the year in the Pac-12? So John will join us at 5 o'clock. And I don't know. I, I guess I'm really not quite there yet about the Pac-12 championship scenario thing for yeah, Washington. I'm with you. Are you there Jackson, are you there? I am absolutely there. Okay, well, and I'm not saying that we're not going to talk to John about that at five. We will absolutely have him bring up the scenarios and what has to happen, what UW has to do. You might want to actually put a bug in his ear that we're going to bring that up because there's a lot there to kind of go over at five o'clock. Very convoluted. Well, it's very convoluted, number one. It's way over my head, number two. I don't have the patience, number three. And number four, I'm not ready yet to move on from Saturday. Yeah. You know? No, I'm with you, and I think... (laughs) I think if the scenario is so confusing that you sit down and even after like 10 minutes, you're still not sure, then it's too early to even look at the scenario. Yes. Right? Yes, and now if right. you can get to a scenario where you can spell it out in your brain in 30 seconds, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, okay, then you can talk about it. But that's right, not right. the case for the dogs. Well, I would just say this. Uh, the number one thing that has to happen is UW has to win every yes. game the rest of the way. Yes. How's that sound? That's, All right? That's okay, fair. so just plant that in your freaking brain. UW's got to win every game the rest of the way, and you need a lot of help. So we're going to talk about that with John at 5 o'clock. But 345 today, and i got to be honest with you, Dick. I I don't know how this is going to go. We may want to mix in, if we can, Jackson, one or two Tony Castricone highlights to kind of contrast and complement the voice of the Oregon Ducks. A lot of people have been asking for a opponent audio recap. If there was ever a game. Of the game on Saturday. The problem with something like this is that we can't rely on our own people, meaning him, Jackson, he's a very reliable young man. What are you talking about? To get the proper audio that we're looking for. We need to get it from a third party, if that makes any sense. Okay. Okay? So when you rely on somebody else to give you the audio that you're looking for, they don't normally give you exactly what you're looking for. One of the things about the Seahawks opponent audio recap that made it so great before its end Two years ago, when NFL.com started yanking opposing audio off the website, by the way, mm-hmm. is that they would include everything. And we could get reaction from the color guy. We could get, you know, conversation and dialogue in the booth between the play-by-play guy and the analyst. And I don't think we're going to have a lot of that with Jerry Allen and Mike Jorgensen at 345. But if you do have a desire, if you woke up today like <laughs> I did and you do have a desire to hear what most of the important plays in the game sounded like on Oregon Radio, and you have a little, how do we call it again? Schadenfreude. 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 And you want to kind of rub it in a little bit, mock, point fingers, laugh. <laughs> Then 345 is for you. And I will say really quick, you can definitely tell the tone of Jerry Allen's voice on certain calls. Yes. It is that good. And then the final call, I credit to, to the, everybody in Portland who sent the audio. The final call was the longest one they sent. All right. And we actually got some, uh, okay. some, some emotion out of that call. Yeah, let's not downplay it. I don't think anybody's <laughs> expecting Jerry Allen yeah. or Scott Zolak. Not, excuse me, not Jerry Allen, but Paul Allen. Right. Scott right. Zolak, who's just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not expecting that because Jerry Allen's a professional. He's been doing this for a million years. Well, I did get a little bit of a sneak preview of the Taj Davis game-tying touchdown. 
And the emotion that was on that call when he simply says, Penix back to pass, Taj Davis, sideline, son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> you had me for a second. I mean, that's all you that's all you got. That's all you got from Jerry Allen. But you know, you you brought up a question on the show yesterday. And I don't know if you did a poll on this or not. Update on the poll. Maybe you did, maybe you did. I eventually did if oh, you're you thinking did. about okay. the same thing. I are you thinking well, about the video board? Yeah, I'm thinking about your question about yes. whether or not you dub at Husky Stadium from here until the end of time should play the game-winning or the game-tying touchdown to Taj Davis. And I, I have a simple answer on that, and it's clear as crystal to me what UW should do. And I told you on the air yesterday what I thought UW should do, but give me the poll results first. Yeah, because we had a, I wasn't going to do a poll on this, but since I tweeted out yesterday and there was just tons of comments, I was like, okay, well, there's so many people that want to weigh into this. Let's just make it easy for everybody right, and allow right. them just to click a button. And a lot of response to the question, should we play the highlight on the video board of Penix to Davis every year like Oregon does of the Wheaton pick? How about this? 53-47, yes, thus far. 53-47, yes. Now, I'm with you after, after thinking about it. My initial gut reaction was, hell yeah! And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, no. Right. Softy's right. It's, it's what that's what little brother mentality does when little brother beats big brother yeah. they want to rub it in big brother's face over and over and over and over again like oregon has done the last 30 right. years right we are the big brother we've been the big brother for a hundred years other than about a 15 year stretch so like 85 of the hundred years we've been the big brother yeah now we're swinging yeah. that back again Let's just enjoy it for what it was. Maybe a play at once, like next year or yeah, something whatever. like that, yeah, but not yeah. for eternity. Look, if you want to pick the appropriate time, let's say you play Oregon in two years from now and Taj Davis catches another touchdown. Maybe you play that during a break at Husky Stadium. Maybe you play it once, whatever. I mean, look, I, I get it for Oregon. I'm not even going to say the guy's name. I've told you before, it's like Voldemort or Beetlejuice. You just don't say it. Beetlejuice. For them, it was it was 28, 30 years ago. It led to a complete turnaround for them. I understand why they do it, because at one point in time, they were inferior to Washington. And I think you do that when you're inferior to somebody. Yes. I think it's a small town, chicken crap, hillbilly redneck dumbass thing to do and we are none of those things That's correct okay none of those things i think it'd be embarrassing for you dub to just get into a habit of playing that clip over and over and over again first of all it didn't even win the game it tied the game right number one right and number two what did it lead to right i mean oregon plays that clip because of what it meant mm-hmm. what it signified what it symbolized what it le- what it what it what it what it led to i mean what if what if they would have turned around and gone 1 in 10 the next year or you know 2 in 30 in the next 30 years mm-hmm. but they play it because of what it meant for the next generation of oregon fans so my answer is freaking no no don't do that at all. Don't give them the satisfaction. They're not worthy of that kind of attention. Play the dick bear. You right. got to stop doing that right now. They got to stop doing that right now. He's got to stop doing that right now. But I do think I do think there is some room this week to kind of, you know, continue to talk about what that game was all about. I mean, Chris Peterson on the radio show yesterday, first of all, and I I, I don't usually think like this at all because I'm very selfish and very petty and very small-minded when it comes to things like this. 
I don't care if it was a good game or not. I don't care what it meant for college football. I don't care what it meant for ratings and blah, blah, blah. All I give an F about is if Washington won the game or not. That's right. But. Ugly, pretty, just win. Exactly. Could have been three to two. Totally. I I will admit it was a a hell of a game. All right. The, The drama and the emotion going back and forth. You're thinking at halftime, man, we got a shot to win this damn thing. Of course. Right? It's like I've 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 made the reference, Jackson, and this movie's fifty years old, but the movie Victory, where yes. they're trying to escape out of the hot tub at halftime. <laughs> and Michael Caine's like, No, we could win. Is, we that, could the win this. Is that the soccer one? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's a great movie. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> Stallone's like, Come on, let's go, let's go. And Michael, no, we could win. We could win this. We could win. And they come out of the hole. From the bottom of the hot tub, from the sewer, and they go out and they beat the Nazis. And they beat them. And then they all carry them off the field. We could win. And to actually go out and win the freaking thing, and then to have Peyton Henry be the one, Mm. Henry, to be the one that goes out and makes what was eventually the game-winning field goal, and then you got to sweat it out for 50 more seconds. Troy Franklin steps out of bounds. And you're wondering, are they going to screw this? Are they going to give this back to Oregon? Because the call on the field, I don't know if you thought what I did, what I thought to myself when he stepped out of bounds and they, and they made that call on the field and they showed the replay. My first thought is there's nothing on the replay that would overturn the call that was made on the field. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I thought to myself, it's the pac 12. Of course they might call it a donut for all we know. Well, what I thought was that it was going to be a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty on Oregon. Right. Which would have been a ticky-tack penalty, right. but it would have been a very Pac-12-esque penalty I tell you what in I that thought, situation. I tell you exactly what I thought. I thought, number one, when they threw the flag, that it was past interference on JV on Green, on the catch. Because mm. I did not see him step out of bounds, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, in real time, you didn't see that. And then you saw the official with the hat off, no, he threw his hat. Right. And so when I saw the play originally and then saw the flag, I thought, oh, man, they're going to call a P.I. on that. He's going to, I mean, first of all, he caught the ball, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. And I was getting a lump in my throat on that exact moment in time before I kind of put two and two together to realize what the flag, what the, uh, what, what the penalty was. I had a huge lump in my throat thinking, oh, man, we're going to freaking coog this. We're going to piss this away, and this is going to suck, and it's going to hurt worse than anything that's happened in the last three or four years. So I don't know, man, to live through all that drama and the emotion and then get the win on the final play of the game, it was just, it could not have been scripted any better. It couldn't have. It couldn't have. And and if if they would have gotten any closer, I, I wasn't. I wasn't super nervous yet because, the, I mean, the, the clock was was. A huge factor. I mean, right. if Oregon just right. had 30 more seconds, 20 more seconds, I mean, then I'd have been petrified. Yep. And it would have been almost like a Washington Yukon with Donald Watts situation where I've told you this before. Like, I just spent the whole game not even worried about it because I was like, okay, we're not going to win this game. We're not going to win this game. I'm just going to sit and enjoy a nice March Madness game with my dogs. We're not going to win. Mm. And then when Donald Watts hit the three and they showed Slick dancing in the stands, my my thought completely changed to, oh, my God, we're going to beat 
UConn, which made it 10 times worse when Rip Hamilton just took my heart and went... When you allow yourself to start thinking they're going to win. When I started to believe it would have been much easier had I never believed than if Rip Hamilton would have tipped that in instead of after Watts hit the three. Well, the other other, uh, storyline in this game, and there's just so much to talk about from the game on Saturday. It's unbelievable. You could talk about all kinds of different things. You know, you got... Dan Lanning's decision to go for it on fourth and one from a 34, the onside kick decision that led immediately to a Husky field goal in the first half, um, Michael Penix's interception, the way they responded to that three plays later. One thing that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about because it really doesn't matter much now because the Huskies won the game, but close your eyes for a second, and let's say Oregon gets the ball back with 51 seconds to go from their own 25-yard line, and with 30, with 22 seconds to go, they had the ball at their own 40. So let's say they find a way to win the game. The conversation that we're having on the air is about the horrible tackling by UW mm-hmm. the entire game, mm-hmm. the mistake that Michael Penix made yes. at the goal line, and then we're likely also talking Inability about... Inability to run the ball. Correct. And we're talking about Chris Huston, I believe his name is. The wide receiver. Hudson, sorry. Chris Hudson. Number one, you sent out the video on Saturday night, mm-hmm. right? For Sunday video. night. Where you've got a guy in, I think it was Terrence Ferguson, number three for Oregon. Turd Ferguson? Turd Ferguson. Funny is hat. literally telling him, hit the deck, go down. Because he's up walking back to the huddle, this number one. Yeah. And Ferguson, Turd Ferguson, says, no, 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 hit the deck, and he falls down. Total flop. I mean, I brought it up with DeBoer at the press conference. We should probably get the audio, by the way. We can talk about this later when Cam comes on, Jackson, at 6 p.m. tonight. And I said, look, it obviously looked like he was being told to hit the deck and go down. And DeBoer said, yeah, we saw the same stuff you did. But there's nothing we can do about it for two reasons. Number one, we live in a world that is so unbelievably politically correct or anybody who's even debating whether a guy is faking an injury or not is an insensitive prick. That's number one. (laughs) And then number two, there's no way for the conference to prove whether the guy was hurt or not. Well, that video is pretty much proof, right? I'm I'm with you. If he would have just stayed down and then just grabbed his hamstring or whatever a then horrible you cell really job. couldn't yes. you wouldn't have Correct. been able to tell but since he got yes. up started walking right. and then just fell backwards yeah brutal uh, embarrassing right so let's say UW loses the game and they win partially because of the time that was gained by that mm-hmm. you're pissed absolutely and Kalen DeBoer's pissed and UW is pissed so it's one of the things that I think the Pac-12 and college football really has to get a hold of You know, look, they already have the rule where if the game stops because of an injury, that player has to leave the field. Like Bo Nix did on the third down play when he got blown up by Alex Cook. He had to leave the field, and Thompson had to come in. But I don't know what you do. I mean, what's the rule change? Maybe we can talk about this with John Mm -hmm. at 5 o'clock. Do you have a 10-second runoff no matter what, whether a guy's hurt or not? Hey, look, if we have to stop the game under a minute to go because of an injury on defense— or whatever, there's going to be an automatic runoff. We don't care if it's a legit injury or a fake injury. Or do you give the referees, the officials, Dick, on the field, carte blanche to decide for themselves if they think a guy is faking it? I think you have to give them the discretion. And the fact that not one of the officials saw the guy go down 
that's just, it's egregious. It was right there after the play. I mean, he had gotten up, took two steps, and then fell back around. Somebody should have been there to see that. It's a no, 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 no. Get your ass up and get off the field. Nonsense. Well, when Turd Ferguson told that guy to go down, I'm going to tell you what, it was. uh, Hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. (laughs) I was looking at Greg, and he was looking at me, and we thought, you got to be kidding me, because we've seen that before. We saw it at Stanford, and we saw it against Oregon on Saturday night, and you know what? I'm sure at some point in time, the Huskies, under whatever head coach, may have done the same damn thing to themselves, but the flopping... That happens in the NFL, the flopping that happens in college football, the flopping that happens in soccer. It is so freaking embarrassing when it goes down the way it did on Saturday. And man, I'm telling you, Dick, if the Huskies found a way Mm. to lose that game, that would have been a major freaking story. All right, Fact or Fiction, coming up next, brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. We're already off to a 1-0 start. Yes, we are. uh, Because the Commanders, not just covering, but winning last night uh, at Philadelphia, Uh, 1-0 for us means 0-1 for Ian Furness, by the way, and the midday show. So we're off to a good start. Uh, It's Tuesday. It's Dick Day. We'll get to that coming up. And then the honks at 4. What did this bad boy sound like on Oregon radio? You asked for it. We deliver at 345 today right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today at 4, the Husky Honks. Dave Softy Muller, Greg Lewis, and Mario Bailey talk all things UW football. Each Tuesday at 4 on Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM. This report is sponsored by Muckleshoot Bingo. A crash in... You know, there's nothing better than coming from behind. If you ask me. Okay. In fact or fiction. Oh. Oh. Okay. And I am now not only out of the cellar, but out of the on-deck circle. And I am now in the hole for last place. uh, Because I look in my rearview mirror and I see one Bucky Jacobson and one Ian Furness trailing behind me. And my winning percentage is going up. I am now 8-3 and three in my last 11 games. So, boys, you want to get rich? Hop on the softy there bus we go. right now. Hop it. on the bus. Factor Fiction brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. Coming up at 335. It's Tuesday. It's Dick Day on the program. Does Scott Service deserve to win the manager of the year in the American League, or are we just being homers? Are you serious with that question? Because here's the problem with this. Any Mariner fan who says that Scott Service deserves the manager of the year, some smart aleck out there is going to say, well, you're only saying that because you're a Mariner fan. Uh, Are you serious with Mm -hmm. that question? Okay, so what if I wasn't a Mariner fan, and I told you that Scott Service deserved to win the manager of the year. I thought he should have won the manager of the year a year ago when they went through COVID and all that. And this is a team that at one point in time was 10 games under 500 and had to play on like a hundred win pace the last, what, 75, 80 games of the year uh, to make the playoffs. And they did that. And what they did with this offense 
when they were banged up, what they did with this pitching staff and keeping them together the entire season, the player development of some of the young guys on the team like Julio Rodriguez. I don't know. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I thought he should have won the damn thing a year ago. I don't think he's going to win it today. If I had to guess, I would think that Brandon Hyde of Baltimore uh, is going to win it because the Orioles were supposed to be terrible this year. And they traded Trey Mancini at the deadline and still were in contention for a playoff spot with like a week and a half to go. I think he'll win it, but if I had a vote, I'd give it to that guy. Uh, are you serious with that question? That's exactly what I was going to say. Brandon Hyde should win the manager of the year, yeah. not Scott Service. They were supposed to win 62 games. And instead, they were in the playoff hunt until there were five days left in the season. To me, it's not particularly close because you can talk about the turnaround with Scott Service. Well, guess what? You also came out of the pipe with a really talented baseball team and stunk for 60 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, So, and again, I mean, give him all the credit for the turnaround, but he put himself in that hole to begin with. I, I, I do think it's funny how these awards in a lot of ways are based on preseason expectations that were set by the same people that are voting, right? So what if the media that was setting the expectations for Baltimore – just got it wrong. What if the Orioles were just a much better team than people thought? I mean, you're right. They were projected when the year began Mm -hmm. to be an awful baseball team. Well, okay, is it possible they were wrong about that? Is it possible that maybe Baltimore should have been a team projected to win 85 games or 82 games? I mean, it does. And look, I'm, I'm not saying that Brandon Hyde doesn't deserve a lot of credit for what he did. So does Terry Francona. So does Scott Service. I, I'm not going to throw a fit if any of these guys win. Right. To me, the rookie of the year was way Absolutely. up for less of a debate Absolutely. than the manager of the year. That was a lock, solid, rock solid, lead pipe cinch. Except that, for one voter. Exactly. Who we're going to hear from, by the way, in the 6 p.m. He hour. tried to explain himself on yeah. Twitter today. Did you say that? Well, apparently it got very uncomfortable on the air today with Puckett and Jim Moore. Oh, Did you hear about that? No. Jim Moore, I guess, and I'm getting this secondhand from Ian Furness, so it's like the game of telephone. Oh, By the no. time it reaches me, it could be complete nonsense. Uh, Jim Moore apparently said on the air, I don't want to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and any time Jim Moore says on the air or anybody on the air says, I don't want to be a part of this conversation, I don't care who it is. To me, that is something worth replaying on the program. Yes. <laughs> Old and cynical and burned out. And all so we things. will do that tonight. But the rookie of the year was way less of a debate than this one was. And I just, again, I, I, I'm i not saying it's right or wrong. It's just an observation, okay? Don't bust my balls, all right? It's an observation that the same people voting for this are the same people setting the preseason expectations. And they vote for these awards based on what they thought was supposed to happen when the year began. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they're not the ones that set the over-under. Vegas sets the over-under. Right, but I think a lot of people that voted for this award or will vote for this award also had the same opinion about the Orioles as Las Vegas did. Yeah. Because they're 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 also appearing in preseason magazines. Right. With projections. Right. Right? And predictions. Name me a preseason magazine or prediction website that had Baltimore doing what they did. None of them. None of them. So did they overachieve or did they achieve exactly what they were supposed to achieve and everybody got it wrong? Uh, I think it's likely that everybody <laughs> got it right and they overachieved. I mean, because if it's, you know, if you have a situation where 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, half of half of the prognosticators think, you know, this could be a pretty good team. They might win about 80 games. And half of them are like, nah, they're still high 60s, low 70s. That's not the case here. Yeah. Yeah. It was a 62 win probability and they they were in the 50s last year what were they did they even get to 50 last year what was their what was baltimore's record a Let year ago i mean it was baltimore last year won 52 games they were 52 and 110 yeah, and they then they went from 52 to 83 they won 30 more games 31 more I mean, games come on than they did a year ago hey i mean he uh, I, again I, I that's why i think he's gonna win it at four o'clock today or whatever time they announce it but the job Scott Service has done, and there's, there's two moments in time that strike me the most. Number one, when they went to San Diego last year and everybody had COVID. Remember that? Yeah. And they found a way to kind of get out of it and start getting hot. And then this year, being 10 games under, found a way to get out of it, and they got hot. So whether he wins it or not, kudos to him. The guy the last couple of years has done a really good job. All right, 335, Factor Fiction right now. We're set to go. Glad you're with us. Glad it's your shot us. at our weekly 1000 bucks and the $10,000 grand prize. It's Fact or Fiction, brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino, the betting capital of the Northwest. Make the beautiful new EQC Sportsbook your home all football season long fact or fiction is on sports radio 93.3 kjr fm all right somebody needs to uh, update the damn host standings website uh on the uh, fact or fiction fall asleep on the job already? i don't know what the hell anders is doing i mean it's just you know typical for that guy it's just yeah. one thing after another with this dude i am so far at 43 percent bucky 37 ian furness at 31 Chuck Powell's at 41% on the year, so we are starting to make a little bit of a comeback here. 41 yards. Thank you, and I believe as a show, which let's face it, really is all that matters mm-hmm. with this band of brothers here that stick together no matter what. Uh, we are now three games out of first place all right. in Factor Fiction. All right. So I say we close this thing out right. We go on a streak here. We do what Oregon did to Wazoo in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of their game. And we come from behind and win factor fiction. So no more goofing around. Yeah. We need you. What do you got? You got to do what you feel comfortable doing, right? Some coaches like to press. Some coaches like to sit back and play zone. And when they get out of their comfort zone, things don't do well. You know what I like to do? I like to bet underdogs. I like to bet home underdogs. I like to bet big underdogs, particularly in divisional games, which, as you know, statistically are closer than non-divisional games. I get all of that here. And I get a pretty damn good football team, too. The Los Angeles Chargers, the first time they played the Kansas City Chiefs, it was at Arrowhead. Mm. You remember, the Chargers were on the one-yard line in the fourth quarter. Tie ball game. You remember what happened? 99-yard interception return for a touchdown. The Chargers were one yard away from taking a seven-point lead. They ended up losing by three in that game. They split last year against Kansas City. Their only loss was in overtime. They split with Kansas City in 2020. Their only loss was in overtime. 
And this is their only home game in a month span. Everything points to the Chargers in a close one mm. at home mm. against the Kansas City Chiefs. What's Give me the, the Chargers plus six and a half. I got seven at the casino. I laid my money down yesterday right. on seven, yeah. but it's now six and a half yeah. Chargers yeah. against Kansas City at home. Well, there's a couple things that concern me. Number one is the health of the Chargers. And then number two, did you watch the Chief-Jaguar uh, game last week? Yes. Chiefs didn't look good. They did not look great yeah, against Jacksonville. And I think they're pissed off after what they happened last won, weekend. Though. They did win, but they did not play good football in that game. Uh, trust me, I know. I watched almost the entire damn thing. And they so, haven't played particularly good football for yeah, a while now. Yeah, that, that concerns me a little bit, that, that maybe Kansas City is kind of a little salty after the way you. they played a week ago and the Chargers are banged up. I mean, is Justin Herbert totally cleared and good to go for the game? I mean, do well, we know that? Yeah, yeah he played okay. this week. All right, good. Well, yeah, but didn't he get knocked out for a while in the game on Sunday night? Did he not come back in? I thought he got knocked out of the game on Sunday night. I think he came back in. He did come yeah. back in. Okay. Well, he he is. I don't think he's 100. percent I'm, I'm not saying. No, I, I agree with that. I'm not saying I hate the pick at all. I'm just saying I'm a little surprised on Tuesday because it's now pick eight of the week. After, of all the games you have available, if that was your favorite one, then that's your favorite one. But you know what? I will ride with you. Thank I will you. ride to Valhalla with you on this one. <laughs> because unlike you last Friday who busted my balls and hurt my feelings about my <laughs> giant Texan pick, I'm going to just go ahead and just show oh, confidence in you. What a team play. Behind the scenes, I may mock you. I may criticize you. That's but in the public forum known as this radio program, I will support you. So we're going to go with the Chargers plus the six and a half yep. against Kansas City. You like it? Text in fact. If you hate it, you text in fiction to 49451. We're getting down to it, by the way. Only a couple weeks left. Is that right? In fact, or fiction. So you got a few more weeks every day, 735, 1135, 235, and 335. You got one game right a week, and you win a thousand bucks if you're the lucky one from the pile, courtesy of the Emerald Queen Casino. The last five games for Kansas City go back to October 10th. One point win over Vegas. Yep. Lost to Buffalo. Yep. Then they played a complete game and beat San Francisco by 21. Right. But then, overtime win against Tennessee last week and the uh, ugly win against Jacksonville this week. There is something wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, or they're just pissed off and angry and it's their time to step up and show the world that they're not that bad. So I think you might be right, though, Dick, that there might be a little chink in the armor down there in Kansas City. So, all right, L.A. Chargers plus the six and a half is the play. We're going to break. Get your picks into 49451 right now, 341. What did the Sea, excuse me, the Seahawk, the Husky Oregon game sound like? On Oregon Radio. Yeah, baby. In Eugene, Oregon. As the Ducks went down to Austin Stadium and grabbed the win in front of their fat faces. We're going to come back and let you listen in to Jerry <laughs> Allen and company on the Oregon Learfield Network next on 93.3 KJRFM. This is Matty Beneers, center for the Seattle Kraken. Listen to the Kraken all season long right here. Don't miss the Kraken Thursday night as they host the New York Rangers. Pre-game at 6.30. Puck drops at 7. Your home for the Seattle Kraken in the NHL. Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Softy and Dick on your home for the Huskies and the Kraken. Seattle Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. You know, I got to be honest with you. I think we're going too far with us. I really do. I think we should be professional. We should be classy, mature. 
individuals. I think we should be sympathetic to a couple of great broadcasters and Jerry Allen and Mike Jorgensen of the Oregon Radio Network because this thing on Saturday was tough for them as well. I mean, they had aspirations of calling a Final Four, and you really feel for people like that in the fan base that, you know, have been looking forward to this moment uh, for a long time now. And mm-hmm. uh, also, I'm lying. Yeah, I sense some sarcasm. Yeah, so the hell with it. This is the rub-it-in phase of the Husky win over Oregon on Saturday night in Eugene, Oregon. You know, if they if they were just not such classy people down there in Oregon, <laughs> I think we would feel maybe yeah. like we're doing the wrong thing here on the radio show. Like if show this was and, like the Beavers or something, yeah, and they happen to have would, like a 9-1 and one start or something. Yeah, yeah you, you act otherwise. But you know what? Screw them, right? The hell with it. As the great Herb Brooks, the late great Herb Brooks said uh, with the U.S. Olympic hockey team, Screw them. Screw them. Screw them. This is what Washington's win sounded like. Here's a little sample size. You know, like when you go to the dentist, they give you a small sample of toothpaste or dental floss Stick or whatever. Stick it in your travel bag. Yeah. This is a small travel size sample of what the UW win sounded like over Oregon on the Oregon Learfield Network on Saturday. Roll it. Four receivers set on second and ten. And the handoff, huge hole up the middle, walking into the end zone. Wayne Tawilapapa, nobody near him. Nobody near him. Empty backfield for Oregon. Three receivers left, two to the right on second and goal from the 10. Makes smart decisions down here. Nick's going to keep it and run it right up the middle. 5-3, touchdown, Bo Nicks. Give me six. Never an extra point away from tying this ball game up. Back to throw Knicks. Knicks pressure, going to go deep. Thornton down there. Got it. Touchdown, Dante Thornton. Dante had a step, and Knicks was perfect with a throw. Two receivers out to the right. Adunze alone to the left. Snap, hands it off again. Right up the middle, and they pile drive him. Uh, Reek, ball came out, but did he get it back in? Touchdown. Touchdown, Washington. And the snap. Give it to Whittington again, looking for a crease, got it, 20, inside the 10, 5, not going to stop him, touchdown, Noah Whittington. Tried to run straight up ahead, the hole wasn't there. Second down, 11, play action to throw, Penix, way downfield, he's got him, caught, and it's going to be touchdown, Washington. But a flag might be roughing back near the 15, but it's probably going to be against Oregon. Knicks. Little roll, half roll right, still moving, now going to go deep. Boys got him down there, catch made, keep your balance, touchdown, Oregon. Troy Franklin, he had two guys he could go to. I didn't know where the ball was going, but either did the Huskies. First and goal, Penix under center now. We'll go back, play action, wants to throw, being pressured now, throws it. I think it was picked. I think it was intercepted. It was. Jeffrey Bossa comes out with a football. What a turn. Penix trips left. One receiver out to the left to a right a tight end. Duck show pressure. Come with it. Penix to throw. Throws. It is caught. And down the sideline for what would appear to be a touchdown is Taj Davis. Todd Thompson. Fourth and half a yard. Snap. And he slipped. Whittington slipped in the backfield and went down. The Huskies have the ball. Snap, place, kick up. 
long enough. It's good. Washington has taken the lead with 51 seconds remaining. Three receivers out to the right, one to the left, back to throw. Nick steps up, throws it down the middle, incomplete. Game over. He got some pressure from the backside. He couldn't really stand the throw. He's trying to get it to Troy Franklin down at about the five-yard line. He was open, but whether he had been again into the end zone or not, a big question. But the Huskies have come into Autzen Stadium, and they have escaped with a 37-34 victory. I love it. You know what I noticed, by the way, on that call is the crowd noise from the dog fans yeah, that were down background, there. Yeah. That's pretty significant. That's very good. Very significant representation. It was really hard for me to hear because we were at Dino's and it was so damn loud in there. But I don't know, man. I, I asked a bunch of guys today. You like winning games at Husky Stadium, but is it sweeter because you went down there and did it in their house? And they said, hell yeah. It was sweeter to do it down Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I'm just looking at my favorite little win probability thing here. Oh, yeah. Uh, three you minutes. love that, Dealey I Bob. do. I do. Uh, three minutes and 54 seconds left to go in the game. Okay. 92.5 Oregon. What was the situation? 92.5 Oregon. Remind me. 354. Uh, here, I, got, I got my are... play chart. They were down. It was 34.27. Yep. How could it be 95%? That doesn't make any sense. Well, when you start the game at 71%, it doesn't see if you're if the Huskies were in that same situation up 7, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been as high because you when you start at 71% probability to win, it doesn't take that much to get to 92%. Well, I I just uh, I, I don't know. I I I I Maybe it's just over my head. Maybe I'm a big dummy, which I'm sure I am. But how in the world a team could have a 90, what you said? 90 92%. 92% chance of winning the game in a one-score game when Washington's offense at that point had been rolling all over Oregon's defense in the second half. Yep. How they could have a ni- an 8% chance of winning with four minutes to go and down one score, that doesn't make any sense to me. But you know what? A lot of things don't make any sense to me. That's why we're going to have the Husky Honks. Greg Lewis, Mario Bailey, what a time to get those guys on the air. We're honking after a win over the Ducks. By the way, the manager of the year in the American League has been announced. Is it Scott Service? Uh, are you serious with that question? We'll tell you in five minutes right here on Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Reset your preset to 93.3 FM for our Sunday NFL triple header. First at 10 a.m. The New York Jets and the New England Patriots. Then at 125. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. And a nightcap of Sunday night football. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Proudly brought to you by the Tulalip Resort Casino Sportsbook. On your FM home of the NFL. Sports Radio 93.3 KJR FM. Hey, Dick Fade here. Let's take advantage of all the Rams daily specials, shall we? And save a few bucks on your next tab. All day happy hour on Mondays. Today is Tuesday where you get $9.99 mac and cheese, $14 burger beer combo on Wednesdays and more. And don't forget with Ram Rewards, you earn double points on everything on Tuesday, like their beer crust pizza, their great salads, and of course their signature burgers and handcrafted beer. So head on down tonight. And you'll get two points for every dollar you spend today. Just sign up now at theram.com slash rewards. 
Saturdays are made. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.